0: Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm Ricky Chungus. And I am the Super Strong Machine.
1: Oh, very good.
0: Welcome to episode 109, Battlefield 1994. It's January 4th, we're in the big
2: old egg dome. Holy crap. 94. I remember it well.
1: Yeah, junior year of high school. Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't know I really don't
0: remember 94 particularly well <laughs> I mean you were what six at this point? point seven. Seven,
1: seven yeah seven so I turned January actually fourth. January 4th yeah so yeah like I, the 21st so I'm about yeah. to turn yeah. about to turn seven don't know what I got for my birthday but it was probably
0: pretty cool maybe some wrestling stuff could be no. Probably The not. only
1: wrestling thing I have from my childhood is my uh, Hulk Hogan buddy on the couch. And I got that because the commercial was sick. <laughs> I was like, that's fucking cool.
2: So I couldn't get the Hogan one. I bought my nephew. I bought him a shit ton of wrestling toys, so I can't remember if I got the wrestling buddy or not. Yeah. But the Ultimate Warrior one.
1: Oh, that's cool.
2: Yeah. And now looking back, I kind of wish I would have got a Savage. Or a, I think there was a Jake the Snake one, too.
1: Those things are still worth money. I could probably sell that for like 80 bucks. In a box, it's like probably like
0: $300. <laughs> but this is the first Battlefield event produced by New Japan Pro Wrestling. It is the precursor to what is now known as Wrestle Kingdom, as it would take place on January 4th, 1994, in the Tokyo Dome in Tokyo, Japan, with an attendance of 48,000 people. Nice little turnout. a
1: big old turnout. The, uh,
0: So this is the first
1: show they ever did on January 4th in that building? Okay. It's It's just like... Because that's been the date. Okay. No, third. Third, okay. But that's been like the big date for their, you know, big Tokyo Dome shows, like... Because they started when
0: when they... They did the original WCW New Japan Super Show. Mm -hmm. The first one was in March. Yes. The other two were also on January 4th. And then they have just continued the tradition... No longer have needing WCW to help them. No. And they're running their own show now on January yeah. and 4th. And then, like, what, 20
1: years after this, they start, or not 20, but another, like, 15 years after this, they start calling it Wrestle Kingdom?
0: Yeah, because what are we at, like, 16 was this year? Yeah, I think we're at 6. Or 16 next year. I think it's next year. I think 16 is next year. Yeah, I can't help so. you on this one. Yeah, no, I don't know. So yeah, so 15 years this year, so about 2004, 2005. So about a decade after this,
1: yeah. give or take.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> they all have, like, each one has, like, a fun name, yeah. basically. Until they... I think they do, I do, I think they do a, like, I think they do Wrestling World a couple times. Yeah,
1: they just have, like, they, they try some stuff out, and yeah. then a decade later, they settle on Wrestle Kingdom for so far, at least and 15 that's years. that's a pretty good name. Yeah, Wrestle Kingdom. Anytime I've said Wrestle Kingdom to somebody that doesn't care about wrestling, they're like, that sounds fucking cool. I was like, well, (laughs)
0: it is really cool. And then you just go, it's the WrestleMania of Japan wrestling. Exactly. They know know exactly what you're kind of talking about.
1: Yeah, and I was like, yeah, so it is cool.
0: But we are in Tokyo, Japan. Yeah, we are. So that means Shane got to go find us something pretty tasty.
2: It was an adventure
0: the one of the the first
2: times that we went or that i went to uh, japan uh, i went to go to a place and they were closed and today another trip to japan my original option that uh, i really really wanted is closed for renovations or weather damage or something like that after the uh the big storm so yeah i had to go back to the uh, the drawing board and luckily that first place that was closed that time was back open, so... And what is the name of this? Of this secret oh, restaurant. Oh my goodness. I don't know the exact pronunciation. I say it Hiro, J-I-R-O, sushi. You may say it Jiro, Gyro. gyro. I don't <laughs> Probably know. not Gyro. Probably oh, not Gyro.
0: Oh, Jiro or Hiro. Because uh, the Anthony Bourdain books, get Jiro.
1: I think so. Isn't and then Jiro Dreams of Sushi. Jiro Dreams of Sushi.
0: Yeah. yeah, is that how uh, it's pronounced? Too? I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, that's uh, how
1: uh, us white folk have said it. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, if I heard a Japanese man say it, it might sound different. <laughs> yes,
0: uh, lots, of, lots of white man pronunciation of Japanese names going on today. Yeah. It's going to be
1: great. <laughs> um, <laughs> trigger warning. <laughs> uh, um,
0: but easily
2: pronunciated. Uh, this one is known as monkey brains. It's basically a... Deep fried spring roll that they cut sushi style, and then they stack on some, uh, what is all the goodness on here? Spicy tuna, crab mix, eel sauce, tagarashi, and green onions. So you've got some heat, you've got the, the coolness of the crab, you've got the spiciness
1: of the, the tuna. Is tagarashi the, the, the little eggs? I think so. Okay. I always just say masago, but I'm sure there's different names for different ones. Oh yeah.
2: Pretty tasty. I've never had one of these before. I've had monkey brains from different places before.
1: When I say monkey brains, it always makes me think of Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Temple, Temple of Doom. Temple of Like my favorite one when I was a kid because it's the gross one. <laughs>
2: and it's the awesome one, too. Yeah.
1: It's, I mean, it's got the bugs and the brains and the heart, yeah. heart ripping. Fuck the
2: snakes and the Nazis. Just give me the ripping hearts out of chests and eating monkey brains, damn it. And running from a big giant boulder. Yeah, and a little fat little sidekick. What's that? He's got a little fat sidekick. Oh yeah, short round.
1: Oh well, yeah, hat. <laughs> I know
2: that. <laughs> yeah, I've had monkey brains at uh, another place here in town, which was kind of similar with the uh, the same stuffed in there, only instead of using a
1: uh, so that's why it was so hard. It's like a spring roll. Yeah. I was like, this is not, this is some hefty tempura here. I know,
2: that's what I thought too. I was like, so. Yeah, this is a a hearty chunk here. Other places use the same little stuffing for it, but I've had it where they take an avocado and then tempura, fry that with the stuff in there, and then cut it and quarter it and drizzle it with the eel sauce and whatnot on there. But either way,
0: it's good. So if you're ever in Oklahoma City, definitely go check out. Hiro, Jiro, Jiro, J-I-R-O, Sushi. Yeah, what
2: you said. <laughs> Northwest 23rd and Western, right on the edge of the Asian district. Because
1: it's very delicious. Yeah, that was uh, totally good. Mm-hmm. I might have to check that one out.
0: <laughs> but something that happened right around the same time as this show, Nancy Kerrigan yes. would be attacked by Tanya Harding's ex-husband. Oh, no!
1: Get her knee busted. What's the... Uh... Gullooly! <laughs> no, what's the uh, the terrible, awful... Uh... Rec- sound recording of her screaming about her knee. Why? <laughs> yes, why? I was like, why? I know why? What it is. <laughs> yeah. it's such a crazy, brutal thing <laughs> to have happened. It was such a big, big deal. The 30 for 30 is incredible. The Margot Robbie movie is pretty good. This is a wonderful thing that happened. A terrible thing that happened that has so many people have derived so much enjoyment out of, unfortunately. Celebrity boxing
0: uh, that came yeah. from it. Oh,
1: was there? Oh yeah. Tanya Harding and and Nancy Kerrigan box? No, no just Tanya oh. Harding. I'm trying to remember who, who she did? went against. Dustin Diamond?
2: Or I think. Yeah. Uh, it was like Paula Jones or something like that if I'm remembering right. I could I wrong. don't remember. I didn't I, I never, never watched, watched any, it, I, either, I never watched it. it box. Again, I was a teenager when this happened, so this was the uh, everything of pop culture right at the beginning of the year i remember right? i remember
1: it being a huge deal yeah. i was a little kid but like so i have like that memory but that 30 for 30 oh man so good <laughs> and then that really that movie is pretty good too I'm it's, you, i had a good time to, watching it
2: everybody wants to cover tanya harding but nobody nobody wants to play nancy kerrigan it seems
1: man oh. nancy kerrigan is boring she's just the typical the typical like ice skater Tanya Harding yeah. is a is a fucking southern trash person.
0: <laughs> She's America's sweetheart, Ker- Kerrigan is. Yeah, so you, and Tanya Harding is. Um, sometimes America's sweetheart is just kind of bland. Yeah, yeah. need uh, a little spice in your life. Did oh, you ever watch her uh, Saturday Night Live episode?
2: Yeah, it was not yeah. good. <laughs> Who? Nancy Kerrigan. Nancy when Kerrigan. she hosted Saturday Night oh, Live. That sounds incredibly terrible. That's it's, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> not good. It's it's about this as was before she got boring a and dry. dry. Hmm? Was no before, oh, after after the
0: I the, think it was after the
2: Olympics. I think so. It was part of her, fifteen minutes. Yeah, my
1: biggest issue with that movie is like you trying to ugly up Margot Robbie or like not ugly her up, but it's like I don't she know if this is the right person.
2: Her Put glasses yeah. on, gave her
1: braces. But yeah, anything? I remember enjoying a, bit of a mullet. Had, had a, having a really fun time watching that movie.
0: That was a good, show. Allison Janey. That's the performance in that movie. Oh yeah, Alison is great.
1: Give me an Alison Janney or a, a Laurie Metcalf playing uh, <laughs> playing a like low to medium income mom, and I am fucking down. They're the they're the queens of it. I would I give Metcalf Alice. the slight edge.
0: That year, yes. Definitely. <laughs>
1: but uh, yeah, they're yeah great great actresses. Um, and especially Laurie Metcalf. You just can watch be watching something. I don't know what I was watching the other day, and I was like, oh. That's her doing the voice. I don't uh, know what it was, but it was obviously something animated. Uh, I was me like, oh. back
2: to Uncle Buck. I mean, I... I Throughout the controversy that Roseanne got on that initial... Right after that 10th season, I mean... I grew up on Roseanne, so... Roseanne rules. And Jackie was the shit. She still is on the Connors. I love her to death. Can't go wrong with Laurie Metcalf when she was nominated for the Oscar for... Lady Bird? Lady Bird. Yep. I... I wished and hoped and prayed that she would win, but...
1: A pretty good movie, but if any award should have come up from it, uh, I would probably just say slap it on Laurie Metcalf. Yep. Cause it's a, yeah. Because it's a good movie, but it's not the kind of movie you really like, like, ah, oh, I can't wait to watch that again. It's like, oh, that was really good, but... I really liked it. I liked but, it a lot, too. I mean... There was another coming-of-age movie that came out right be- like, a couple of years before that that uh, I liked more called 20th Century Woman. So I watched Lady Bird and I was like, "This is pretty good," but I really liked 20th Century Woman a lot better. I
0: forgot about
2: that. I never saw it, but
0: it's really good. Let's just say Greta Gerwig and Saoirse Ronan doing is a good team.
2: Oh yeah, because I mean yeah, Little I'm, Women was really good too. I actually yeah. really
1: liked *Little Woman a lot. Yeah,
2: <laughs> I couldn't watch yeah. it because there's just been so many. I mean, I know it's there's been so many different versions of. A Star Is Born and I watched Lady Gaga one but I was like god damn it we just had a Little Women like two little years ago great.
1: I uh, I mean I think like uh, all the performances are great but for, it's it was the year of Florence Pugh she was in like four movies yeah, and, killed, and knocked out of the park in all of them and she's so good in this all the performances are good in it, how and, like, long it t- took me to great. realize
2: that that's who Zach Braff was with is Florence Pugh yeah. Yeah. I, I always hear him talking about Florence and Flo but it just never registered until the full name was said and it was like holy shit
1: it's it's, it's uh, her. the girl that played Paige. Yeah. bring it back to wrestling. Yeah, and that's that was another thing. That was her break Her breakout role was her. No, and then that year she just everything she's done is she's been really great.
0: Absolutely. Well, let's see if everything that we watched at Battlefield is great as
1: well. Well, you know this is Japan, so we're about to start with a big old tag match.
0: Multi man tag. Bring it. So our first match is Heisei Ishigun of the Great Kabuki, Kingo Kamori, Kuanaki Kobayashi, Michiyoshi Ohara, and Shiro Kushinaka. Versus... Teams
1: that's Team um, uh, Team Hailbop Comet. They got the purple <laughs> robes on, and that's all I could think of. It's like they're all wearing purple robes. Oh, it's gonna be hard for me to like figure it out because I haven't really seen any of these guys before. If I have, it's maybe only in a match, but. Uh, they're the, they're the yeah, bomb. all these The matches, bomb boys.
0: All these matches were in Japanese. So. Yeah. yeah.
2: Thank you, uh, Kabuki, for wearing face paint and
0: at least looking a little different than everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> the opposing team was El Samurai, Manabu Nakanishi, Asamu Kido, Satoshi Kojima, and Yuji Nagata.
1: We know some of those guys. The, some of them are still... Yeah. Still
0: kicking. I mean,
1: uh, three of those, or two of those guys are still in New Japan and one just retired recently. So, if you're currently, uh, you know, watching New Japan, you'll recognize Kojima and Nagata
0: and Manabu for sure. Last time we saw Great Kabuki was all the way back at Star 1983. Whoa. Episode one. Kimura. Don't remember it. <laughs> Kobayashi and Kido at Super Show 1, which was episode 55, Ohara at Super Show 2, episode 65, Koshinika at the G1 Climax 93, episode 97, and Samurai at the Super Show 3, which was episode 83. We also did happen to catch a glimpse of Nakanishi as he was in the crowd at the Halloween Havoc 92, back in episode 76. Hmm. And last but not least, was that the that wasn't the four way
1: cage match, was it? No, that was earlier. Yeah, Yeah. because Flair was over. Flair was in WWF in '92. I was just thinking of like who who else Japanese would be over there. Muda might have been over there. He
0: he was just there. 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 Yeah, he had just been signed to New Japan, and they were promoting their super show that they were about to go do, and that's why he was there. And last but not least, Yuji Nagata is a Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Famer. This is our first time to see anything of his. Ah. So the match gets going with Nakanishi starting off with elbows on Ohara, only for Ohara to slap him away multiple times before Kobayashi comes in to throw Nakanishi out of the ring and deliver a baseball slide kick.
2: Hot start, baby! Nakanishi's a big old boy.
0: Yes. (laughs) Back in the ring, Kabuki delivers a drop kick. Kamura hits a snapmare and applies a sleeper only for Nakanishi to get his boot on the ropes. is in with punches, but Nakanishi fires back with forearms to make it to his corner to bring in El Samurai with kicks, a scoop slam, and a leg drop. The two trade blows before Kojima comes in, so they begin trading forearms until Koshinika hits a hip attack, and Ohara comes in with a f- diving lariat for a two count. Ohara stays on the attack with stomps and slaps until Kojima comes back with slaps of his own and a head slam into a turnbuckle. Nagata comes in with kicks until Ohara is able to escape to the corner with a snapmare, bringing in Kamara, who hits a back body drop, and Koshinika with a back suplex, allowing Nagata to roll to his corner for a tag. Koshinika keeps taking Kido down, only to be kicked away each time, so Ohara comes in to trade blows until Samurai comes in with a drop kick. El Samurai continues with a Boston crab, only for Ohara to power out, but Nakanishi comes in to work the leg with a single leg crab. Kojima jumps in the ring to deliver some stomps, which allows Kobayashi to kick Nakanishi out of the hold. Ohara has the sleeper put on him by Nakanishi, followed by Nagata keeping the hold on. Kojima's in with a body slam, second rope elbow drop on Ohara, before delivering a dropkick to Koshinika to knock him off the apron, which leads to Ishigen jumping him from behind to beat down Kojima. Kobayashi telegraphs the back body drop, allowing Kojima to hit a sunset flip for a two count. El Samurai then hits a sunset flip as well, before Kobayashi tosses him through the ropes to the ramp and follows out to deliver a Face crusher!
1: Face crusher! <laughs>
2: That was one of the the things I could understand that they were saying. Yeah, that was yeah.
0: like like the. It's, it's fun like to hear the whole lot of power face, behind it. Yeah. face crusher on it, the ramp is pretty cool.
1: Mm-hmm. You were about you were doing that, and I was about to say face crusher, but just like generically like a thrash <laughs> you know, Every time, yeah. There's some words that work. There's a thrash song by Van called Power Trip, where the chorus is just Crossbreaker. So anytime there's like one word, the first thing that comes to my head, I'm just like just like. But you just say it odd, and nobody gets the reference. So. You had a better one, and you beat me to it.
0: Back in the ring, Kabuki hits a closed line for a two-count. Koshinika with a scoop slam, followed by a combo heel kick hip attack from Koshinaka and Kimura on Samurai. Kimura continues with a Boston Crab, only for Nakanishi to break it up. El Samurai then hits a drop kick and a Frankensteiner for the near fall on Kobayashi, only for him to retaliate with a fisherman's suplex for a two-count. Kojima and Kimura both get tagged in, with Kojima hitting multiple jumping forearms. Kabuki comes in only to receive some forearms as well, before hitting a super kick on a charging Kojima. He ate the boot. Kido comes in grabbing an armbar on Kabuki.
1: We get a big pop on the armbar too. I was like, is this his thing? Is this one of his sigs? It's the year of
0: the (laughs) armbar. In Japan it's always the year of the (laughs) armbar. But it's quickly broken up before Samurai comes off the top rope with a missile dropkick. Nagata with a jumping knee on Kabuki before doing the same to Ohara, followed by an overhead belly-to-belly suplex for a near fall. Ohara elbows away from Nagata, allowing Kashinika to come in off the top rope with a diving hip attack. Ohara then hits multiple Nadawa Itashis, aka choke slams, Mm. for the pin... And And no win. win. I like that word. Nadawa
1: Atashi. Purple, our purple guys are um, the boys in
0: the royal gi. Yes. Right? Purple's a royal color. Yeah. Team Purple wins. But basically, Team Purple was they're a group of guys from War. We've talked about them before. Uh, It's another promotion. They were kind of doing a crossover thing. And. Actually, two of these guys... This is
1: kind of like the super show with WCW, but this is with war.
0: With war, basically. And, like, Kojima and Nagata were basically Young Lions at this point. Okay. So they're literally... This is their first big match that they Yeah, like Yeah,
1: they haven't wrestled in front of 48,000 people
0: before. So they're not the names that we know now. No. This is, like, them just getting started, so...
1: Which is really... I mean, I love... Uh, when we do these shows and you get to see those guys like, it's like yeah it's cool to watch early Sting a bunch but it's Sting So I've seen a lot of Sting it's kind of fun when you see these older guys that are still working and some of them really pulling out some great matches whenever they have a singles match and then see
0: them all young and brisk so we head off to our second match Akitoshi Saito and Masashi Aoyagi... Aoyagi, got it, you got it. ...versus J.J. Jax, of Akira Nogami and Takayuki Izuka.
2: Or, as I said, Purple Orient Express versus Purple Rockers. <laughs> so, the last time oh, we... I s- Izuka
1: without his little beard. <laughs>
0: <laughs> last time we saw Izuka was at the G1 Climax 93, episode 97. Akira at Super Show 3, episode 83... And Aoyagi at Super Show 2, episode 65. And you guys might remember Izuki as the guy who got knocked out. Izuka, okay. okay. yeah. Izuka. Yeah. It as is... the guy who got knocked out in the Steiners match. Okay. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like,
1: ooh. Yeah, he basically just got like legitimately knocked out and like recovered on the yeah. floor or whatever. Seeing stars.
0: So Masashi and Akira with some back and forth until some Masashi kicks to the chest. Saito joins in with elbows and kicks of his own, until Akira grabs his leg to take him down. Izuka comes in to trade kicks with Saito, until he hits a hip toss and goes to work on the arm, trying for a cross arm breaker, only for Saito to escape. Masashi connects with a spinning heel kick and other kicks, until Izuka can grab the leg to apply a leg lock and mounted punches, when Saito jumps in the ring to break it up. Masashi back to the kicks, followed by a Saito shot to the gut and a Masashi spinning heel kick combo to Izuka for a two count. Saito looks for a cross arm breaker, but Izuka reverses it into a leg lock, only for Saito to make it to the ropes. Izuka hits a body slam, and Akira goes for a spinning heel kick, only for Saito to duck. but Izuka just comes back with an elbow to the face and an Akira face crusher, before applying the leg lock only for Masashi to break it up. Saito with a back suplex and a spinning heel kick for a two count. Masashi with kicks and forearms to the back of the head until Akira fires up to trade blows.
1: Hit somebody in the back of the head, they're
0: going to get a little upset. Mm-hmm. Nagami then catches a kick and delivers an elbow to the leg. Isaka goes to work on that leg with an ankle lock and a leg lock until Masashi can make it to the ropes to break the hold but the jacks stay on it. When Akira turns him over into a single leg crab, which Saito breaks up with three stiff kicks. Masashi's able to make the tag, but Saito's taken down by Akira into a submission hold, only for Saito to make the ropes before it's fully applied.
1: I love that it took three. He's just like holding the crab and he's like, take these kicks, man. Like it's like the, like holding on to the end of the five break beard. It's like, I'll just take another, take another couple of kicks just to do some more damage to this knee he got some
2: solid kicks too.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Saito drives Akira back into a corner, delivering more kicks, but another elbow to the leg allows the tag to Izuka, only for him to be punched and kneed as he comes into the ring. Saito with a spinning heel kick for a two count. Masashi with a spinning heel kick for a two count. Saito tries for another, but is blocked this time by Izuka with a knee and goes back to the ankle lock, only to be broken up by Masashi. Saito goes for a back suplex, only for Akira to come off the top with a double axe handle to break it up, which allows Izuka to hit a urinagi. and Akira comes off the top again with the Masabi press for the pin, and no, Saito kicks out. Saito then goes for a kick, but Akira blocks it, hitting a bridging German suplex for the pin,
2: and the win. Beautiful little suplex there at the end too.
1: I know. I feel like like 30% of matches should end with a bridging suplex. Like <laughs> I, I like love it so much. Bridging German
0: I suplex is literally one of my favorite moves. Yeah, because it's
1: like super simple. It always looks devastating. And then the bridge, it's like, well, hold it in. Like, hold it in and that, that looks so good. Why wouldn't it work?
0: Yeah. We then go to our third match. Oh. Hey, be nice. <laughs> Brutus the Barber Beefcake. I think with... they just call him Beef Brutus
1: Beefcake. At they least know. on New Japan, they probably don't have... They probably, they probably they don't have write
0: rights barber. to
1: the barber. Yeah.
0: Vince with... McMahon kept the scissors when Brutus left. <laughs> with Jimmy Hart versus Black Cat. Now, the last time we saw Beefcake was at WrestleMania 9, episode 88.
2: Kind of wishing he was still wearing that face mask, because...
1: Oh, well, yeah, I forgot about the face mask. Yeah. God, that was the when they used the face mask. Was WrestleMania 9, like, one of the worst WrestleManias? Yes. Okay. A little bit. It's kind of fun because it's so ridiculous, but, like, overall, I'm just like, well, the, the you know, seeing JR in a toga is great. <laughs> <laughs> but. Yeah, Bobby Heenan. Thumping
2: out on a camel. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Like there's
1: a, it's a, there's a, there's a fun I think
2: spectacle that was Some there. of our
0: favorite parts of that show. Yeah, right? yeah it was the spectacle. None of the matches were good. Yeah, yeah. Like there's,
1: the over there's the some top. moments. There's a lot of Black moments. Smears. Yeah, but
0: they're typically not in
1: the ring. No, they're not. It's not the, it's not the work rate.
0: So Black Cat takes control with an elbow drop and a lariat early on but Beefcake attacks from behind when the cat is distracted by Jimmy Hart on the ramp before throwing him through the ropes to the floor. Brutus delivers a double axe handle from the apron, rolls Black Cat back to start choking him with his knee. The barber with multiple snap mares and starts working the back until the cat catches him in the gut. The two trade blows when Black Cat hits a left hook that floors Beefcake. The cat continues with a DDT for a two count, goes to the Boston crab, but Brutus makes the ropes to break a hole. The two again are trading blows when the barber rakes the eyes, bites the forehead, and hits a back elbow for a two count. It
1: looks like he bit his earlobe. Like he was, yeah. like, you know, like, going bite the earlobe and, and tell him his room number or yeah. something.
0: <laughs> no. And yeah. kicking the
1: legs of Brutus. <laughs> <kid's laughs> <Curtis, laughs> <so>, who
2: knows? <laughs>
1: what do you think his pickup line he's like? Start with B.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Give me some of that kitty. I don't know. Oh, God. I love it. (laughs) Black cats back up, kicking the legs of Beefcake to take him down. Goes to apply the Scorpion Deathlock, but Brutus is able to block it. More strikes for both men when the barber comes off the ropes with a soldier block and a forearm shiver for a near fall. Beefcake lifts the cat up for a vertical suplex for a two count, sends him to the corner, charging in, only to receive a big boot, followed by a sunset flip for a near fall. Black cat with a back suplex for a two count, a scoop slam, and goes for a jumping elbow drop, but Brutus moves in time. The barber then hits a falling headbutt, goes for the Irish whip, but it's reversed. Only for beefcake to duck a clothesline and come back off the ropes with a jumping knee, for the pin, and, and the win. And when you pinned, he was
1: like, "Is your mom's name also Martha?" <laughs> <laughs> that match.
2: Man, I mean, let's just It
0: They put it on the show as a favor to Hogan and someone else. else. That's later on. I'm <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> spoiler.
1: Uh, I mean, it was. I probably better beef work than we've seen before. It was a not. It wasn't overly long, and we got to hear uh, Jimmy Hart yell "Dig deep, baby!" through yeah. a microphone. <laughs> uh, you know, I got fringe versus fringe, baby.
2: This match sucks. We've was seen the, so much worse. Was the other guy's gear inspired by Brutus and Brett? And but then, like, I like even Brutus is like, awesome. yeah.
1: I mean, he's just
2: going. He's got the like motions. heart-shaped fringe, pink and black. Goes for a. A scorpion. He was like, dialogue. maybe, the,
1: maybe the people up really high will think I'm hard like, Hart. <laughs> Brutus wins, and that match was
2: brutal.
1: It was at least it was.
2: It wasn't like 15 minutes. No, it wasn't. It was. It was the it was right m-
1: amount. Yeah, it was probably like eight minutes. Quick, simple
2: to get through. And then what I love about that New Japan app is that as soon as the match is over, it just goes dead silent and then it's <laughs> okay. done. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. this show is like
1: segmented on the world app. Uh, It's not just the whole thing, like a pay-per-view. So you get to cut some of that dead air, especially considering that we wouldn't be able to understand the commentary. And you get to know exactly how long the match you're watching is going to (laughs) be before it gets halfway through. I found that to be kind of nice,
2: too. Yeah. do I need to go to the bathroom? No, this one's only 14 minutes. It seems a little okay. bit
1: faster sometimes when you know uh, when it's
0: like, oh, it's 15 minutes long and you're just like, oh, cool, cuz you can take about 2 to 3 minutes off of it cuz that's the actual match time cuz Yeah, I'm with the intros. Cuz they do all the intros and everything. But we then go to our fourth match. Super Strong Machine versus Tatsutoshi Goto. And the last time we saw Super Strong Machine was at G1 Climax 93, episode 97. And Goto, all the way back at Super Show 1, episode 55. So the two are trading punches and clotheslines before going into a test of strength. When Super Strong Machine hits a knee to the gut and a headbutt. More back and forth, Where Goto takes down the machine, goes for a crossface, but Super Strong Machine reverses it into a side headlock, which Goto Irish whips out of. Only for the two men to run into each other, and both no-sell it. They start trading blows once again when Super Strong Machine hits an Inseguri, applies a sleeper into a butterfly lock, but Goto gets his foot on the ropes.
1: Big ups to Goto's pumpkin head. What a noggin on that, man. It's like a full,
0: it's just like a square. It's great. Machine drags Goto back to the middle of the mat to reapply the hold, only for Goto to kick out of it. Goto with more kicks until Super Strong Machine catches the leg. Delivers a lariat, a vertical suplex, and a body slam. Machine then goes to the top rope, only for Goto to meet him up there to go for a press slam. But Super Strong Machine punches him away, and hits a top rope bulldog, followed with a lariat attempt. But Goto ducks and grabs Machine for a release German suplex.
1: What's better, like, is a release German, like on the same level as the bridging German? The release is just a nasty it's, power it's move. It's
0: like that line right below it. Yeah. Cause Cause it's the like, bridging, because you, you have to be able yep. to hold on to them and yeah. land just perfectly... And it
1: like lays it in. It's like planting them on the mat as opposed to tossing One of them just seems like more of a rage move, and the other one's like, all right, I'm done with you. The the Cena-Blessler match from a few years back where
2: it was just like 16 or 17 released German suplexes yeah. oh. in a row, where he just was... Throwing Cena again. Yeah, when like... He he did that with Daniel
1: Bryan recently, but John Cena's a much bigger man. Yeah. (laughs) A little more
0: impressive. Yeah. Godo with a pair of clotheslines goes for a back suplex only for Super Strong Machine to reverse it into a running bulldog followed by a bridging German suplex for a two count. Machine then hits a devil windmill suplex which is a hammerlock vertical suplex for a two count and goes for a second one but Godot blocks and reverses it into a back suplex, only for Super Strong Machine to reverse to land on top of Goto. Machine then heads up good, to the... Good moment.
1: It was, yep. a, it was a nice transition. That is not always the easiest transition to pull off. Yep.
0: Machine then heads up to the top rope for a diving headbutt, for the pin, and, and the win. win. Even though it looks like Godot kicks out. Yep. Yeah, I know.
1: that It's like he was like, okay, well, I'm going to kick out basically at... At three, I was like, "Is he? Is he just like refusing to lay down? Like he's just a fuck you to them?" Basically,
0: that's that's what I've heard about this. Okay, Goto is that he was kind of stubborn and yeah, with a big old head like that.
1: Yeah, you would assume <laughs> assume as much. So we're like, was one like is Goto a war guy? Yes. Okay, that's probably why then, because I was like, well, he was like, we're not taking all the losses. So is I'm gonna cut a promo. On my on the half hour show next week about how it's not fair, even though we're, even though we're not working together anymore. So like raw is red, SmackDown is blue, is war
0: purple? Basically. Okay. Yeah. I
1: feel like in my head the war logo is black and yellow, but I'm not super familiar with the promotion. It might have changed since Yeah, exactly. Since WCW then. logo it's been yellow, it's been purple, uh, it's been red, it's been black and silver and looks like a cat's butthole. <laughs>
0: It looks kind of like what our logo looks like right now. uh yes, yeah, That's the red, yeah, red, and the red and yellow. So then we go to our fifth match: Jushin Thunder Liger hey, hey. versus Tiger Mask in a mask versus mask match. This is this is we're getting to the good shit. So the last time we saw both Liger and Tiger Mask was on our G1 Climax '93 episode, back at '97. These two men are back and forth to start with lots of mat work between the two, but the action picks up once Tiger Mask hits a back suplex for a two count. Don't forget the surfboard bridge.
1: I just wanted to say there was a cool surfboard bridge.
0: Applies a head scissors only for Jushin to reverse it into a camel clutch, but it re- releases it to hit a tilt-a-whirl backbreaker and locking on a Romero special, yanking back on the neck as well, which Tiger Mask escapes with a rake of the eyes. Liger with multiple rolling kapu kicks, which are his cannonball kicks, but Tiger Mask doesn't go down. Responding with a drop kick, so Jushin tries for a couple more to finally get him down. Liger heads up top with a missile drop kick, but is met by a Tiger Mask drop kick of his own to knock both men down. Tiger Mask is up first and goes for a cross arm breaker, only for Jushin to block it. So Tiger Mask reverts to mounted punches, but Liger responds with a show tie Snapmare and a head scissor, which Tiger Mask escapes by reaching the ropes. Tiger Mask stopping away on Jushin, straddles him on the second rope in a corner and delivers a drop kick, a backbreaker, and before going up top for a moonsault, which Liger rolls out of the way of. Jushin retaliates with another kapu kick and a drop kick to send Tiger Mask out to the floor, followed by a baseball slide. He then fakes a suicide dive to showboat which allows Mm -hmm. Tiger Mask to roll back in and deliver a drop kick to send Liger out to the floor. But Tiger Mask doesn't showboat, hitting the Tope Suicido. Back in the ring, Tiger Mask...
1: It's a a big one, too.
0: This this isn't your
1: uh, your NXT Tope (laughs) Suicido. One for every
0: match. Fly out and push the guy. Uh
1: Uh-huh, yeah. (laughs) It's, it's It's typically the women's ones that look really bad, where I'm like... Guys, just don't do this. You can do so many <laughs> impressive things. Not everybody has to do this.
0: Back in the ring, Tiger with a scoop slam and a top rope, rounding body press, goes for the cover, but picks Jushin's head up to stop the count. Followed by going he for wants the, blood. Followed by going for the Tiger suplex, but Liger blocks it and hits a clothesline. Power bomb follows, and Jushin places Tiger Mask on the top rope, hitting a Frankensteiner uh. for a two count then hits a Liger Bomb for a near fall. Goes for another, but this time Tiger flips over on top of Jushin for a two count of his own.
1: Yeah, he flips to his chest and just presses him down
0: for a two count. Tiger Mask then puts Liger on the top rope, climbing up as well to deliver a drop kick, sending Jushin out to the ramp. Tiger follows out to deliver a cartwheel twisting body press (laughs) before heading up top, but he slips as he comes off the ropes and flops to the ramp without hitting Tiger.
2: Yeah, see, so I was trying to figure that out if he had slipped or what the hell happened, because it looked like he went to jump and was like, Yeah, okay, he, no. just <laughs> <completely slipped. laughs> he
1: just completely slipped. He too cold scorpio which is a bummer because he did it in front of 48,000 people, but at
0: least he sold it pretty well. Back in the ring, Tiger Mask keeps up the attack with a top rope missile dropkick. Follows it up with a bridging German suplex for a two count a body slam, and hits a second rope twisting senton. Goes back up top for a tornillo, only for Jushin to avoid. I know,
1: I was like, what is that? It's a twist thing.
0: (laughs) I'm glad you got the name. Liger hits the backbreaker, comes off the top with a shooting star press for the pin, and And the win.
1: That spot where Tiger Mask lands, like when Liger rolls from his... Tornillo, mm-hmm. the, the twisty thing, like, Tiger Mask, like, basically lands on his face. It's gnarly. It's like, Ugh. I will say, one of my favorite spots in this, we kind of skipped over, they go back to the surfboard, and Liger in the surfboard, like, has him in the surfboard and then cranks on uh, a yeah. headlock, and I crapped my pants a little. I loved it so much. They do a lot of impressive stuff here, but that was just, like... That was the that was the extra crank of Parmesan, baby.
0: Literally, this match was like, I was like all in on this match, <laughs> and then Tiger Mask slips and yeah, and I'm just like, ugh. Oh, it went
1: from yeah. like five star to four and a four and a four and three quarters, <laughs> like.
0: Because they like, you can tell that they it just sucked. It's like they just went to the next thing instead of actually like selling that he missed it. Yeah. And it was like, oh, God. If Liger could
1: have got, um, you know, if he could have got, like, at least a moment of offense in on him off of it, maybe. Yeah. But, you know, we've seen things like this go a lot worse. Yeah. <laughs> and especially in uh, work matches that are a lot less good. <laughs> yeah. So.
0: Post match, Tiger Mask takes his mask off, tosses it at Jushin, but Liger shows respect. By consoling him and raising his hand.
1: I know I couldn't believe he took his own mask off. I was like, "What's the deal with this?" Well, yeah, that was the part that
2: confused me because I didn't realize at the start that it was a mask versus mask, mask match, and I was like, what "Yeah, the I didn't, I didn't realize that at. either."
1: Uh, so it was like when he pulled it off, I was like, "What?" That making sense that he took his own mask off uh, and out of like frustration, and was like, "Fuck!" It was great. And one of the also fun things is that in Japan, especially at this point in time. Match over, everybody
0: hugs. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of respect, respect. Yes, but this was Tiger Mask Three, aka Koji Kanamoto. Person that you see nowadays is Tiger Mask Four, and he's been that since about ninety five ish. So yeah. we'll see. Tiger he's still, Mask he's still 4, going.
1: So. Um, I mean, Liger retired, and Liger could still go. Uh, Tiger Mask is not as in the same kind of shape even though he's still wrestling as Liger like he's he's good in a undercard multi-tag but he's not very fanciful whereas Liger could still pull out some pull out some of the shit in his old age
0: and actually one other note um that I read but I can't verify if it's true or not but it's what I it's what was said in the article that I read but this is the last time that Liger would ever Go for a shooting star press. Oh, really?
1: Yeah. I know. I saw it, and I was like, "Ooh, wow!" Like, is this the first time we've seen him? I think it's the first time
0: we've seen him. But from what I read, it was he did it the last time that the person who wrote the article. Yeah, it was like that was his last time that he remembered ever seeing him do one as well. Well, I mean, hmm. it was very impressive.
1: It was a very good shooting star press, but it was one of those ones where like the flip was seemed like. It seemed like his head was just like a couple inches off the mat. When he hit the flip, it was, uh, yeah. Obviously, shooting star press, very
0: impressive. Yes. (laughs) We then go to our sixth match. The Hellraisers of Road Warrior Hawk and Power Warrior, a.k.a. Kenzuke Sasaki, versus the Jurassic Powers of Hercules Hernandez and Scott Norton. For the IWGP Tag Team Championships,
1: not Flash Norton yet.
0: They, didn't, I was, they were calling yeah. Flash over yeah. there. I don't yeah. think.
1: Yeah, who's the guy? The big tall guy on the mic. I was like, well, that's not Baba. But <laughs> I was like, who's this big tall guy? I think he's the president of, of war of, or something, of or maybe New Japan. New
0: Japan. Yeah, because yeah.
1: they yeah. have like they have the ring announcer in like the full like ceremonial like samurai like sumo like war. Dress. Kimono. Yeah, thing, yeah it's
0: cool. Last time we saw Power Warrior and the Jurassic Powers was at G1 Climax 93, back in episode 97. And the match gets going with lots of tie-ups. First things first,
1: the team's refuse to shake. Shake hands. They, they don't don't want like to shake hands. They're not, they're, not a, they're not here for that. Here to hold a title or
0: gain a title. And they were, remind me, did they wrestle each other at G1? We, we saw like a clip of a title change. Okay. You know, so We get a warrior chance early on. Yeah. So lots of tie-ups and growling with no one gaining an advantage early on. Well, the hawk growls are top-tier hawk growls. Then Hawk and Norton decide that clotheslines lines would settle it, only for them to still be standing. So Road Warrior hits a dropkick and a leaping shoulder tackle to take down Scott, before coming off the top rope with a diving lariat for a two count.
1: I know. In, uh, in 1988, that would have been the end of the match.
0: <laughs> Agreed. Power Warrior and Hercules take over with neither of them gaining an advantage until they go to the test of strength. With Hernandez winning that battle, throwing Konzuke to the mat, only for Power Warrior to come back with multiple lariats and a face crusher for a two count. Hawk in with a back suplex, clubbing blows... Goes for a hip toss, which is blocked and reversed several times until Hercules and Road Warrior are in the ropes. Hernandez with a cheap shot and nails a pile driver, only for Hawk to pop right back up to hit a clothesline and a power slam for a two count.
1: Ugh. I know that they're all big guys. No selling a pile driver. I know this is pow- This is the he- This is the it's like super heavyweight tag match. So like, but these guys really do. Fucking no cell, so monster moves on each other. So if you're
0: complaining about pile drivers not being as devastating as they as they should be, they, they blame weren't... blame Road Warrior.
1: Oh, I don't want to put a weapon on him. You can blame the Road Warriors for a lot of a lot of stuff not getting sold in their career.
0: Road Warrior calls for Norton to come back in the ring, and Scott takes control with an elbow to the head and a series of shoulder tackles. But he then runs into a big boot and a clothesline. Power Warrior tags in, but Norton is right on him with a trio of Lariats. Kanzuke bounces back up and goes for Lariats of his own, which finally knocks Scott down on the third try. Norton's back up and hits a back suplex and a power slam. Makes the cover, only for Hawk to break it up.
1: The crowd's hot for this. Those sold clotheslines, when someone finally gets one, 48,000 people
0: cheer. Hercules telegraphs a back body drop, so Kenzuke kicks him and hits a body slam. Road Warrior and Hernandez matching blow for blow when Hercules drops Hawk to the outside, allowing Scott to assault him on the floor by slamming him against the ring post. Posted. The Jurassic powers begin working the back inside the ring with back breakers, chin locks, and a neck breaker for a two count. Rubber band slam by Hercules and back to the reverse chin lock. Only for Road Warrior to power up to break free, but Hernandez floors him with a lariat. The Jurassic Power staying on the attack as Hercules goes to the second rope for a single sledge before applying a bear hug. Hawk is clubbing his back to break the hole, but Hernandez just drives him back into the corner.
1: I love that they built to the bear hug. Sometimes you just get a bear hug for no reason, and that's when a bear hug sucks, but it's like, oh no, we just pounded his back for two minutes. Here's the bear hug. Like... Thank you, guys.
0: Double shoulder tackle by the Jurassic Powers. Norton locks the bear hug on again, ramming Road Warriors back into the corner. (sighs) Hercules with, with a body slam, then comes off the second rope for a splash, only for Hawk to roll out of the way. Hawk begins to fire up with a big boot, leaping shoulder tackle, before heading out to the ramp, where he gets a running start and sails over the ropes with another leaping shoulder tackle. Fucking sick as fuck. That was cool. (laughs) It was fucking cool. Power Warrior comes in with a body slam on Norton, while Road Warrior heads up top where he hits a double clothesline on the Jurassic Powers. Hawk and Scott starting to brawl out on the ramp, while Kazuke hits a power slam and an impanze, which is an over-the-shoulder arm drag, judo-type move. Okay. For the pin... And, and the win, and new
1: fun match. Yeah, Power Warrior got the pin. He got the the like. It wasn't really a hot tag, but when he did get the tag, like they didn't. It didn't really feel like a hot tag, but it was essentially a hot tag. But he when he came in, like
0: Japanese crowd loved their Power Warrior. It's hard to be a hot tag off of a dude just leaping over the ropes into a <laughs> with yeah, a leaping exactly. On then going. Okay, I'm going to tag out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not a hot tag, but it is the hot tag spot. I think it would have been nice if it was a hot tag, because then maybe the arm drag would have been a better... Would have been a more, like, you know, exciting finish. But uh, these big boys do big boy shit, and... Unfortunately,
0: it was also kind of hard to see the finisher, because Scott and and Road Warrior were brawling out on the ramp, and it was basically right in front of where they were in the ring. Yeah. It was kind of hard to... Like I, I saw them brawling, and then I was just like, all of a sudden the bell rang, and I was, I was like, like oh, uh, oh, let me rewind. Rewind. Yeah. So like, what happened? I
1: did the same thing. I like the concept of the visual of like them on in front of the camera, you know, so the guy could get the pin. Like I think it's it was a cool visual, but like he just needed a different angle, and then didn't love that it was an arm drag. But I thought that that was a potentially cool camera angle, but yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't the best execution of that idea but it was a cool one basically I, they, they give them some paper like some official guy reads hawk, to hawk and power warrior and gives them some a piece of paper and then some belts and i'm like what's well, this piece of paper
0: we're in japan they like giving them trophies and certificates <laughs> yeah along with the belts you know and i want a big check i mean they probably got that in the back yeah that's yeah. extra we then go to our seventh match the Steiner brothers of Rick and Scott Steiner.
1: Versus Stefan Hiroshi. No, I'm kidding. That's just what it said on New Japan World. It's Hiroshi Hase.
0: Versus Hiroshi Hase and K.G. Muto. A.K.A. The Great Muto. Muto-san. So the last time we saw Hase and Muto was at the G1 Climax 1993. Episode 97. So the two teams shake hands before starting. And then we get Scott and Hase matching up as they work the mat until Hiroshi delivers a fireman's carry takeover. Rick and Muda tag in with some mat work of their own, until Scott comes back in to hit an overhead belly-to-belly, which KG rolls out afterwards to regroup.
1: And you know, Steiner Brothers got some, some more meat than these guys. A little bit. So you gotta get your brain floating a little bit, spinning around, you will roll out and collect yourself. And I just
2: have to uh, state for the record, as I have written in my notes here,
1: that Muto is one handsome son of a bitch. He's, he's filled out nicely over the last yeah, few years. He's a good looking gentleman. Puts, put some meat on him. Yeah. He's got a lot more meat on him now. And uh, too pretty of face. a face to put under all that makeup. But and a big he old still belt. wears the makeup well.
0: Yeah. Hase comes back in and goes for a suplex. Only for Scott to block, so Hiroshi takes him to the mat, applying a cross face. Scott begins wearing down Hase with several holds. Only for Hiroshi to get his foot on the ropes to break it up. Back to their feet, Scott with a tiger driver. And Muto runs in only to be press slammed by Rick, while Scott press slams Hase as well, sending the Japanese gentleman out of the ring to regroup. Back in the ring, KG throws Scott out to the rampway, hitting a vertical suplex, and then runs all the way up the ramp to come returning with all the a way back. lariat. Long back. Yes. run.
1: Rick- he was mad. I mean, there was a, a moment here where... Rick Steiner runs in, does some wolf stuff, gets on all fours, and, and fake pees yeah. on them <laughs> like a doggy. So you know they're they've been disrespected in front of 48,000 people by these two meatheads in American flag singlets. Let's see, me,
2: got a me watching too much of today's product when I saw him darting down the rampway. Like, where the hell is he going? Is there, like, somebody coming out there that he's trying to stop <laughs> You expected music
1: to, man, some yeah. music to drop and up there to be a run-in? It's like, no, he's just going to yeah. turn around and run right back. Yeah, fortunately, there's not a whole lot of run-ins in, <laughs> uh, in Japan. And if they do happen, they don't play the song. No. And there's no microphone.
0: Rick comes over to help his brother. Wimuta suplexes him. And then Hase runs up the ramp, <sighs> returning with a lariat on Rick. One for each brother. They finally return to the ring with KG locking on a figure four onto Scott before Hiroshi comes in to apply the Muda lock, followed by a double-team wishbone. Muda's working the ankle, only for Scott to reverse it, but it sends him close enough to the corner to tag in Hase, who starts chopping away at Steiner, only for him to retaliate with a dragon suplex. Rick comes in with a running power slam into a corner, but Hiroshi fights back with chops, and allows Keiji to come in with a snapmare and the flash elbow. Muda goes to work on Rick's arm, but he powers up, slamming Keiji to break the hold. Hase comes in with a uranagi, goes to the top turnbuckle, but Scott grabs him from the outside, allowing Rick to recover to hit a top rope belly to belly.
1: Ugh, the uh, uranagi is a rock bottom. Yes. Okay. I was like, what? It's like I was watching, it's was like, it's not the rock bottom. What is it called? I can't remember. And I was like, oh, okay, yeah. A rock bottom without the, you know, eyebrows and
0: flare. Yeah. Scott with a lariat. Muda runs in to eat a lariat as well, followed by the tilt a backbreaker on Hiroshi for a two count. Scott then hits the Steiner screwdriver, which is a stalling vertical suplex into a sit-out tombstone pile driver. Yeah, I was like, w- when did I see this? Have I seen this before? You've probably seen... We've never seen Steiner do it before. Yeah. But if you watch the current day product, mm-hmm. it's basically Brian Cage's finisher. The oh, drill okay. claw. Okay. Well, it looks fucking awesome. Right? Yes. Yes, it looks
1: devastating. It looks uh, very devastating. Well, he lands right on his fucking head. Yeah. I'll say, I was like, he's dead. I, I was watching this and uh, I immediately like paused it, found a gif of it, and sent it to one of my friends. And he was like, "Is that guy's dead, dead right? right and i was like and i was like it's like no they went like another five minutes <laughs> i was like Roji hasse is a fucking badass he's dead
0: <laughs> i don't know how many more times we see this move because i don't know who would want to take this move from uh, scott steiner
1: yeah like from anybody let alone from scott steiner it's like mm, i think the only person scarier to take it from would be like vader but, but I think it's it might be less scary than Va- than <laughs> whoa wow yeah because Dan can't do it but yeah the only it might be less scary than Vader's uh, shoot punches than <laughs> his like
0: forearm like lip busters KG looks to jump in to help but Rip runs over and delivers a top rope belly to belly suplex to him second top rope belly to belly of the match Scott drags Hase to his feet hits By a close the line... But Hiroshi doesn't go down. Second one doesn't work. Tries for a third, only for Hase to catch him with a Uranagi. Hiroshi follows up with another Uranagi for a two count. Muda comes in with a back body drop, a drop kick, and a top rope face crusher. Keiji continues with a drop kick to send Rick out to the floor, before sailing over the ropes himself with a pescado, while Hase hits a German suplex and a Northern Light suplex on Scott. Uh-oh. Makes the cover, only for Rick to be able to make the save.
1: So much, so much stuff happened all there in tandem. It was like, uh, it was almost like a Southern Boys, uh, Free Bird. like uh, Freebird or Rock and Roll match. It was like, oh, I don't know what to look at, but these guys are big guys.
0: Muda is tagged in, sending Scott to the corner, following in with the cartwheel back elbow, and another face crusher. He tries for the dragon suplex, but Rick breaks it up, so Keiji hits a backbreaker and the moonsault for the nearfall, while Hiroshi takes care of Rick. Muta goes to run the ropes, only for Scott to surprise him with the Frankensteiner.
1: Frankensteiner! I was like, they're doing so much, why don't these
0: colors bleed? (laughs) I'm pulling for the little guys. Everyone makes tags, allowing Rick to hit a Steiner line on Hasei followed by a press slam and an elbow drop for a two count. Rick hits the tilt-a-whirl backbreaker on Hiroshi, a lariat on Muta, and lifts Hase up onto his shoulders while Scott climbs to the top rope to hit a DDT. Oof. Double team Irish whip to Keiji, followed by a double shoulder block. Scott then lifts Hiroshi up onto his shoulders, with Rick coming off the top rope with the bulldog for the pin... And, and the win. win. Incredible. Two words. Short and list. Oh,
1: yeah. This is fucking incredible. It's ah, so good. How bad did you want those guys to win, even though you know they weren't going to? I didn't know that they weren't
0: going to. So oh, that's
1: even better. Yeah. I mean, I assumed they weren't, but I was also like, I know, I mean, like, I didn't know... I, they could have won. That's why That's why the match is so had good. no clue who was going mean, to win this match. Yeah. yeah, I mean, in hindsight, you're like, well, it's the Steiner Brothers. They're Yeah, I mean, but like, that's
2: that's what I was thinking is, you know, it's the Steiner Brothers, but, but no, I seriously... It's Muto and Hesse yeah. as well, so... That's why
1: those near falls at the end, like, I didn't know. It wasn't, like, one of those things where I, like, I assumed when I started the match the Steiner Brothers would win, and I watched the match, and I wanted the other guys to win so bad that I didn't even... I couldn't even think about it, because... It did what Pro Wrestling is here to do. Brought you in. I want to point out something that's very fun uh, in this Tokyo Dome. that? There's gigantic Sonic the Hedgehog banners in the place. And that's just a really fun thing to see. Because it's like, oh, it's 94. It's, Sega's taking over the Super Nintendo uh, right now with all their ads and their Sonic the Hedgehog. That's their, yeah. that's their key to win. Blast processing.
2: But that 64 is far away
1: yeah what a turd <laughs> no it's just nice i it was nice to see the like a thing that's so dead now sega and sonic the hedgehog even though there was a movie recently like Which is great yeah i haven't watched the movie but i think i saw that it was on amazon i might uh, save it for a rainy day i did think that the original design was uh incredible and that the trailer and the there were some really great posters for that movie before they, like, changed him to make him look like Sonic the Hedgehog instead of making him look like, (laughs) you know... Sonic's weird uncle. (laughs) Yeah, instead of making him look like a, like, test for cats. (laughs) A CGI test for the Cats film. So we're off to our eighth match.
0: Hulk Hogan with Jimmy Hart versus Tatsumi Fujinami. So last time we saw Fujinami was at the G1 Climax 93 episode 97, and Hogan at King of the Ring 93, all the way back in episode 92. So long ago. But maybe not long enough. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Hogan looks lean. Very lean. He has
0: definitely lost some mass. I
1: think it looks better on him. I think he looks scarier this way, because he doesn't look as, like, puffy. Like, I don't know, it's one of those things like, oh, like, I can see the muffle, muscles. It's not just like a marshmallow man that if you touch his hard. Like, it, it look he looks like, I don't know. I think that he, he wears the lean look uh, really well. I'll agree with you there. I'd prefer the 23-inch python is what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> so the two men shake hands before Fujinami locks on a headlock. Hulk tries to escape with a back suplex only for Tatsumi to hang on to the hold. Crank it in. Hogan tosses Fujinami to the ropes. Ducks a clothesline and hits a pair of arm drags to start working the arm. Back to the headlock when Hulk muscles out of it to deliver a cross-arm breaker takedown. But is unable to lock it in completely. So Tatsumi goes back to the headlock. Taking Hogan down to the mat. Which Hogan reverses into a head scissors and an arm bar. It's crazy to see Hulk Hogan do wrestling moves.
1: He's not bad at them. He's also like by no means... has had any, like, strong practice.
0: Probably not in at least 10 years. Yeah, so, like, it's just
1: nice to see him do wrestling moves and be like, hey, man, could you have just, like, been a little bit, at least done a wrestling move for fucking a decade instead of just burying everybody by shaking like an asshole and hitting a fucking leg drop?
2: Yeah, my my main note for this is... Wait, do I like
1: Hogan in Japan? You like him more... Then, uh, big bootleg drop. Yeah, I mean, I guess
0: big bootleg drop was fun when it first started. Yeah,
1: when we were kids.
0: Yeah, that that first month. Thirty something years later, it's boring as fuck. Mm -hmm.
1: Less than that, (laughs) it got boring. uh, What ninety? Yeah, (laughs) ninety. Yeah.
0: Shoot, I'd probably go back to like eighty-eight.
1: Yeah, (laughs) in hindsight.
0: Hogan throws Fujinami into the corner, charging in, only for Tatsumi to avoid and hit another arm drag, followed by multiple drop kicks to send Hulk out of the ring to regroup. Where Fujinami looks to dive out, but Hogan moves away from ringside, so Tatsumi doesn't risk it. Back in the ring, Hulk starts showing off some mat wrestling with side headlock takedowns, drop toe holds, reverse chin locks, arm bars, and hammer locks to keep Fujinami down.
1: And I heard the announcers say axe bomber so i was like okay that's fujinami's deal is the axe bomber so i was like uh, that's wait hogan's thing oh okay
0: so you remember all the way back in uh no holds barred the movie yes uh, the move he uses in the, the movie axe bomber? that's the axe bomber and that was his finisher that he would use back when he worked in japan oh Way back in, like, the okay. early
1: 80s. I, uh so I was, like, thinking ah. that it was a Fujinami thing, so I was, like, waiting for him to hit it because he does, like, it happens. We'll talk about it. But uh, that makes a lot more sense for also what happens. I just thought it was kind of a, like, gotcha, buddy, uh, which would have been really shitty if that was the case. Maybe even shittier than leg drop, big boot leg drop, <laughs> as far as disrespectful.
0: Yeah. Tatsumi makes his way to the corners Hogan gives a clean break only for Fujinami to push the Hulkster before going for the octopus hold and hitting the ground cobra twist The Octopus is, hold on Hulk Hogan looks very funny <laughs> But Hogan is in the ropes Hulk then goes for an ab stretch into a ground cobra twist but this time Tatsumi is too close to the ropes The two go into a test of strength with Hogan gaining control hitting a vertical suplex and an elbow drop for a two count. Multiple headbutts, a big boot, body slam, and Hulk goes for the leg drop, only for Fujinami to move in time.
1: Ah, it felt so good to watch Hogan fall on his stupid ass.
0: Tatsumi with kicks to Hogan's legs. Yeah, Hogan's selling the leg. He's selling something. But an rack and a back scratch puts the Hulkster back in control, sending Fujinami across the ring. Charging in with a jumping knee. I love a back rake when Hogan doesn't do it. Hogan then hits an axe bomber that sends Tatsumi over the ropes and onto the ramp. He follows out only to miss a clothesline, allowing Fujinami to lariat Hulk back into the ring. A real 360. Tatsumi with a body slam goes up top for a knee drop for a two count and applies the scorpion deathlock, But Hogan makes the ropes to break the hold. Hulk reverses an Irish whip, charging in with another axe bomber. But Fujinami ducks and locks on a sleeper, before turning it into a dragon sleeper. He tells him,
1: he says, he yells "A axe bomber. You told him, so he ducked.
0: Hogan muscles up, running Tatsumi into a corner. Hulk then hits multiple axe bombers. For the pin. (sighs) And and the the win. Good shit. Rip Best Hogan match
1: ever? I mean, as far as, like... What we've seen? As far as, like, work. As far as, like, work goes, yes. There's, like, stories and stuff. But Hogan had to wrestle here. And he actually, like...
0: Pulled his weight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You can't you can't be like, oh, he did about a hundred times better than Brutus did.
0: Oh, yeah.
1: Totally. Like, Hogan looked like it, it, was a, it was a good wrestling match. If you—if that was anybody else other than Hulk Hogan, it would still be a really good wrestling match. Like, if he did all the same stuff, but it was a different human being. It's just solid a really solid
0: wrestling match. Yeah. So we go to our ninth match. Ricky Choshu versus Yoshiaki Fujiwara. Of Fujiwara...
1: Arm bar fame. Exactly. And Ricky Choshu of, uh, how does a man get so big?
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's a a true brick wall. So the last time we saw Fujiwara was at the G1 Climax 93, episode 97. And Choshu, all the way back at Super Show 2, which was episode 65. So these two are back and forth to start with headlocks, takedowns, they're working appendages... Until Ricky kicks Fujiwara into the ropes, when Yoshiaki catches one, taking Choshu down to the mat once again.
1: Uh, Fuji is old. Yes. Just saying. Ricky's not like, you know, 20. Ricky's up there in age as well. Yeah, he's but Fuji is like, you know how Minoru Suzuki looks now? He's got like... The, like, dad legs. That's exactly exactly how Fuji looks.
0: Fuji looks in this. Yeah.
1: And he also can still go, which we're about to see. But the crowd is hot as fuck. I don't know exactly the story here. But Once again, it's
0: another New war, Japan versus war, war. war type match. Yeah, this is just, like, a dream match shit. Yeah. Fujiwari with a leg lock until Ricky makes the ropes to break the hold. But Yoshiaki goes right back to work on the leg with an elevated single leg crab. Until Choshu is able to kick him off. Ricky goes for a running lariat. But Yoshiaki ducks and goes for the Fujiwara armbar. Only for Choshu to grab the ropes before it's locked in. So Yoshiaki tosses Ricky to the middle of the ring. And goes for it once again. Only for Choshu to again make it to the ropes. Fujiwara with several kicks to the arm. He's stomping away on Ricky, But Choshu fires out of a corner with multiple lariats. But they don't take Yoshiaki down. He's, he's old and stubborn. Fujiwara ducks a fourth attempt and again goes for the armbar. But Ricky knees his way free and delivers a lariat for the pin and, and the, the win. And
1: I know that was fast, but this match was really emotional and tense.
0: It was that, but you could definitely tell that it was two older gentlemen in the ring. Yeah, for sure. And they needed to make it shorter. Yeah, yeah. Also,
1: I love Fujiwara's shoe choice. He was wearing like a pair of Asics. and It reminded me of an Action Bronson lyric. Uh, My taste in in Asics will leave you floating in the fucking Matrix. Really doesn't mean anything at all.
0: But that's why you listen to Action Bronson. It's for the fun. So we're off to our 10th match. Shinya Hasamoto versus Masahiro Chono for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Couple of musketeers. Absolutely. Last time we saw both men was at the G1 Climax '93, episode 97. First things first,
1: Hashimoto is
0: the champ, right? So Shinya's the champion. Yes. Going into the match, they, they don't show entrances or anything like that. So sometimes it's a little rough. Some, sometimes hard to tell who's the champion. Yeah, you, whenever...
1: I had to keep an eye out, I was like, oh, they're take, He's got the belt, and they're taking it from him to you know to I the desk.
0: You.
2: With the announcer, when it sounds like the same thing constantly of just,
0: <laughs> it's
1: pretty good, Matt. I liked it. It's okay. kind of funny that like they have the same like syllables in
0: their names. Masahiro, yeah. Chono. <laughs> so the two men avoid each other's strikes as the match gets going before some back and forth until they trade kicks that they both know so.
1: Oh, yeah, it's serious, guys. Duh, it's the IWGP heavyweight champion.
0: Shinya with an Irish whip, and the two collide with neither going down. Hashimoto hits a shoulder block, chops, and applies a leg lock to begin working the leg of Masahiro, eventually delivering multiple kicks and twisting his knee around the ropes.
1: I wish there was a match like... My One of my favorite matches of last year where it was just a kick match between Ibushi and Taichi. But I want a Hashimoto kick match. But I don't know who I want it with. But I just want his big boy kick. I guess this, they could have done one just right here because Ch- Chono has those pump kicks that I also love. Oh, uh, pump, pump kick versus... What about sh- ha-
0: Shinya versus Vader? And Shinya just delivers kicks and Vader just <laughs> fists. delivers fists. Oh my god. Shono comes back with a drop toe hold, putting a leg lock of his own on, but releases it to stomp away on Hashimoto. Shinya responds with chops, elbows, a jumping front lock, a jumping front kick, and a kick to the throat before locking on a single leg crap. Back to their feet, Hashimoto continues with some more stiff kicks, only for Masahiro to retaliate with a Yakuza kick, but Shinya is right back to continue the kick party to get a two count.
1: You know who doesn't need to slap their leg? Nile a kick.
0: These two guys. My boy Shinya yeah. Hashimoto, goddammit. Chono with a knee to the gut, only for Hashimoto to hit a Lariat for another two count. Before applying a key lock into a standing armbar for a moment. Shinya with a back suplex, belly to belly for another near fall, before trying for a DDT. But Masahiro knees him in the stomach to block the move. So Hashimoto continues with a bridging German suplex and a front suplex. <laughs> Followed by an elbow drop for a two count.
1: The, the kaiju, Shinya Hashimoto.
0: Shinya goes for the arm, only for Chono to reverse it into a leg lock. But Hashimoto makes the ropes and begins to kick Masahiro hard in the chest. Shinya attempts a brain buster, but Chono floats over and delivers a back suplex. Heads up top, only for Hashimoto to join him. So Masahiro pushes him back off and hits a diving shoulder block before kicking him in the face several times for a two count and a busted nose.
1: The hard way, brother. Those big Chono boots.
0: Chono, with a Samoan drop, applies a single leg crab before turning it into the STF. Shinya crawls towards the ropes, so Masahiro changes it into a sleeper but lets it go to deliver some Yakuza kicks.
1: That's the pump kick. Yes. I need to remember to call it that. I'm always like, it's pump kick, because that's what I would call it if it wasn't a yakuza kick. But it's a yakuza kick because it cool wasn't
0: shown. It would be a pump kick. Yeah, but so, I gotta,
1: de- I gotta deliver the respect to the man.
0: Yakuza are nothing, man. <laughs> Chono Sorry. continues the attack with a running forearm. Goes for another yakuza kick, but Hashimoto catches him with a judo throw. Roll through, baby. Shinya goes for a DDT, which Chono gets out of by kicking him low and applying a rolling leg submission, only to release it and go back to the SDF, before releasing it to hit a Yakuza kick. Tries for a second one, but Hashimoto catches him with a dropkick. kick. a mm, 300-pound dropkick. Shinya sweeps the leg before going to an Achilles heel hold and a rolling fireman's carry slam for a near fall. Hashimoto goes for a suplex. Only for Masahiro to cradle him up for a two count, but Shinya's up first, so he lifts Chono up onto the turnbuckle, hitting a superplex for the pin, and no. no, Masahiro kicks out.
1: And they do the superplex perfectly. Shinya sells the back of his head is slow to the pin. That's a superplex, guys. Yeah, guys, all you wrestlers that aren't listening, it's a super, <laughs> that's how a superplex is. So you don't kill the superplex.
2: Pull it up, Battlefield 1994, match 10, almost at the... That's beat. how you do That's it. That's how you yeah. do it.
1: Popping up after a superplex. You're not Road Warrior Hawk.
0: <laughs> Chono begins to fire up, hitting an Enziguri, only for Hashimoto to hit one as well, before coming off the ropes with a spinning heel kick, and hitting several knees to the gut of masahiro followed by a brain buster <sighs> for a near fall.
1: That brain buster that we've teased twice, we got it, but
0: it didn't do the job, damn it. Shinya then hits the jumping DDT, for the the pin, pin and the win. win. This is actually the first time Hashimoto had ever beaten (sighs) Chonin. I'm gonna cry. History is made here. So the question is, really, if you guys had known that that was the history between these two, would it have added a little bit more to this match? Yeah,
1: and um, spoilers, this is my favorite match on the show. (laughs) But also, like I said, Shinya Hashimoto is, like, maybe my, maybe my favorite wrestler. He's got b- big Tom energy, big Tovahiro Ishii energy, uh, or Ishii has Hashimoto energy. He doesn't do the kicks, but he's just a big old beast, a brawler. Hashimoto can do the other stuff, but he's there to just kick the shit out of you. It's like, well, if this, like, I can, I can meet you where I need to be met. But until then, it's all
0: kicks. Also, yeah.
1: this iteration of the belt kind of doesn't look very good.
0: <laughs> so we're off to our 11th match. Jinichiro Tenru versus Antonio Inoki. Another one of those war versus New Japan matches. And that's the two biggest guys in both promotions. So Yeah, I mean, Inoki
1: started the promotion. Yeah. Dad fight. Yes, this is a dad fight. But this is a dad fight on a different level than our previous dad fight.
0: So last time we saw Noki was all the way back at Super Show 2, episode 65. And Tenru was actually at Royal Rumble 93, episode 86. He was there. I forgot about that.
1: Noki has the greatest face. I wish that he was an actor in like like fucking Japanese gangster movies because there's no way he's a bad actor. The face like that, it wouldn't matter.
0: <laughs> so the two men trade headbutts and slaps to start when they go into a test of strength before Inoki goes to the leg, but Genichiro makes the ropes to break the hold. Tenru with chops and insiguri, but Antonio retaliates with the same, followed by a sleeper, only for Genichiro to reach the ropes quickly. I mean, the crowd's
1: hot as hell, well, obviously. There's a reason this was above the title belt.
0: Yeah. Inoki doesn't release the hold immediately, and no. the ref begins to chastise him as Tenru crumples to the mat out cold yeah the, you know better than that anoki
1: yeah the ref's like pushing in between them right every time yeah like he's just like legitimately like trying to forcibly get in between the two men
0: make me knock you out or... the ref is giving him space to wake up but this goes on for quite some time yes until the ref just quite some time starts shaking him he's then... selling
1: it like the man needs it to leave, yeah. Like he needs to leave in a in a in an amb, ambulance.
0: And then Genichiro's war friends they end up sliding him out of the ring to help him out as well. Yeah,
1: and I being a, a complete shithead about this the whole time, and everyone's like kind of pissed at him. And by kind of pissed, everyone's kind of everyone's pissed at him.
0: Finally, Tenru wakes up, slides back into the ring where Antonio meets him with right hands, but Genichiro comes back with sumo slaps and another insiguri. But it's still two days to capitalize
1: yeah it' looks, it looks good this is like one of those things where it's like oh this is really long this like him on the mat even even I was like this is taking for forever but it's still it doesn't feel dumb it's still for some reason it has big fight energy is what I'm yeah. saying it's got big like big okay, fight energy
0: I, yeah I was okay with him being knocked out but it maybe it, it probably went on just a but, little bit too long yeah a little
1: yeah. bit too long for sure because
0: literally if any of us got knocked out and we sold it that like the ref's just gonna call for the bell yeah yeah you would think fighting spirit though yeah. it's Japan pride Anoki comes back with an insiguri of his own only for Tenru to pop up and deliver a lariat Tonio's up first applying the octopus hold only for Genichiro to escape with a hip toss and hitting a kick to the face but Enoki comes right back with a cross arm breaker, which Tenru makes the ropes to break the hold, only for Antonio to continue the attack till the very last second. Enoki's being relentless in the attack on the arm, even with Genichiro still in the ropes. But once Tenru's up, he begins to knee Antonio multiple times, followed by kicks and a forearm across the face that sends Enoki rolling out to the floor. Back in, Tenru continues the attack with chops. Irish whip and charges in. Only for Antonio to hit a aminsiguri, a rolling wheel kick.
1: Yeah, it's crazy and it's like right on the fucking button. Mm-hmm. It could not have like landed any better.
0: It looks incredible. He locks on a sleeper but the ref deems it a chokehold and forces Inoki to break the hold. Jinichiro's slow to his feet and is slapped several times once he has done so. But he fires up with chops and insiguri and a hard kick. The face for a two count. Tenru hits a body slam for a two count. We're hitting a power bomb for the pin and Man. the win. Man. This would be the last time Anoki would ever be pinned. Oh wow! Damn. And it would also make Tenru the only person in history to ever pin Anoki and Giant Baba.
1: Oh wow, that's fucking awesome! This has big fight feel. Anoke is such a shithead, like and such good at being a shithead through this whole match. You're pulling for Tenru so hard, even though you appreciate how big of a fucking cocksucker. I mean, Inoki it's is. a new
0: Japan show, so like going. In, I was like, okay, cool, we're gonna see a decent match. nokia will win, and then Tenru hits that power bomb out of nowhere. It's yeah. Like,
1: what? what? What's so going good. on? Yeah, so good. Was it Anoki Hase match that? Yeah, we, we saw watched that. We like also really liked as far because we haven't watched a ton of Anoki really or Prime Anoki.
0: It's only the second Anoki match we've yeah,
1: seen. Yeah, but I mean, they both inc- incredible matches. Yeah,
2: I was gonna say I thought I only saw one. Yeah, it was that little Hase one, one which is never... like
1: I don't think we even had the whole match. Yeah, but we got like, but what we got,
0: we were just like super into. Absolutely. So post-match, both men take turns on the mic with the ring filling up with various wrestlers from both promotions. Basically, they're calling an end to the war or the feud with war. war.
1: Yeah, yeah. They're like, all right, everybody everybody got three wins or whatever, so we're just going to you war know, shake hands. War over. Uh. <laughs>
0: so I ask you what gentlemen. What is it good for?
1: <laughs> Absolutely nothing.
0: What are your overall thoughts of Battlefield 94? I mean, this is, this is the good shit.
2: Yeah, this, was, this, this is the good shit. This was a very full show. Lots of people I don't know. Lots of purple. But mostly a positive outcome. With the exception, you know, I didn't really care for the Brutus match. Which, surprise, surprise. Than on the equally surprising to give, side, I'm
0: gonna have to give Brutus some props a little bit, just because he literally is. This is like probably his second match in like five years. Yeah.
1: So I mean, I'm nicer too. I don't. I was. It was not. It was not over long. It was worst match, but a little more interesting than the four than the, than the first match, which is like a big multi tag, which by no means is bad. It's just not a whole lot to. Bite onto. Yeah, we we'll give him your props now
2: because I don't think there's going to be many props coming for him in the future. <laughs>
0: this might be the last time we ever seen. Oh, I yeah. don't know.
2: Who knows? Of of the matches, the Brutus one was my, my stinker of them. I even liked a fucking Hogan match, which that says everything.
0: So I mean, we have a shortlist match on the show. We have. I got two of them, brother. We have what I consider maybe the three best Hogan match we've ever seen. Yeah, and a lot of hard hitting Japanese action. Yeah, and then we literally the legend legend. this is like
1: the shit that I just want to watch. This is the shows the shows that like I I'm excited for the next one.
2: It's like you want to rewind back and like, hey, Starcade,
0: look, see, see. I, yeah. <laughs> we literally should make a T-shirt out of what I say every time that we watch Japanese wrestling. And it's three words. If you're words. able to watch Japanese <laughs> wrestling, you watch Japanese wrestling. Yes. It's just like Like it doesn't matter if you don't know who these people are, mm-hmm. you can still get enjoyment out of watching it. And it's... the
1: thing is if you don't know who they are, you're gonna find out who they are.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You're gonna you're gonna latch on to at least one guy in every match. Yes, they they leave a
0: A lasting impression. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Good. Where's the smart marks at? All right, fuck you.
0: I think it's time we mark it up. So best moments of the show.
1: Well, there is. We're just gonna
0: start with the best one. I'm gonna uh, the Steiner screwdriver. Yes, the
1: (laughs) whatever the thing that what the the pop up drop power sit out. Yes. Whatever it was, and Hase like. Because I think I was watching. I thought he
0: died. I thought he died, but I also I, legitimately popped. No, I did too. Out of my seat because I was just like, "Holy! What was what was that?"
1: Yeah, because he went up, and you're like, "Okay, well, there's a couple things you can do from here." That was not. That
0: That's was a, not that what was I like, was
1: expecting. Yeah, that was like a color that my eyeball couldn't register. <laughs> it's
0: just like, oh shit. I mean, everything like there's just so many like good moments. I mean. I mean, honestly, bridging think... German suplexes after bridging German suplexes. Yeah. In this...
1: There's like a bridging su- German suplex in at least 50% of the matches.
0: Yeah. yeah, you've got beautiful bridging
2: suplexes. You've got, you know, it could easily go under most surprising, but just the fact that. In a mask versus mask match, we had somebody who, at the end, took their mask off and threw it at the other one, which I'd never really seen before, because I'm used to them standing there at the end
1: and having the storyline, struggle. off! And...
2: I don't want to do it, I don't want to do it, and then being held down and having it torn off
1: them. I mean, Shinya, Chono, Steiner's... Hase Muto. Yeah, ha- yeah, Hase... I was like, they don't have a team name. Uh, Hase, Hase and uh, Muto, uh, both, like, shortlist jams for me. With honorable mentions to Tiger Mask and Liger and Inoki, uh Tenru. I mean, yeah. Like, like Liger, those four Liger-Tiger matches. Tiger Mask
0: is probably on the short list as well if yeah. Tiger Mask doesn't slip off the ropes.
1: Like, this whole yeah. show is extremely watchable. But those four matches, you guys would say those are the top four matches probably, right? Even though there's a lot oh, of other good stuff. What was, it, what stuff was the in, other one? The is, fourth one? Uh, Steiner's. Shinya, Shinya. and then and then Anoki um Tenro. Like I think that I think that one like the
0: Hogan match better than the Really? Than Inoki match. It, most likely just because the out cold part is a little too long. Took yeah. a little too. I long.
1: I agree that that's a little too long, but I think that if we were like in the like aware of it and maybe watching it as it happened, you know, that what we would have been Wrapped up in a different way and then looking back at it, but like, can't disagree. <laughs> like, I can't be like, no, that was the that was the perfect link to sell. But being basically, out. what that's we're not saying true.
0: is we've literally named five matches yes. that we really, really enjoyed, like really, really enjoyed yes. on this show out of eleven. And, and, the, and, other and matches, the, the other tag matches, the
1: other tag matches, great
0: too. The other tag ma- both the other tag matches are great. Uh, like literally, my two least favorite matches. Are, are the Brutus match yes, and, and the Super Strong Machine match. What yeah. about
1: the tag? Uh, the multi-tag? Or that just doesn't I thought, count. I
0: thought the 10-man ten, ten tag was, it's actually, probably I think it the, was... I think it, well, it's it was very good. one of the better 10-man tag matches that I've really ever seen.
1: Yeah, I, it is good. I just really have a hard time ever getting invested.
0: Which I totally understand. You're, you're not going to be able to get a whole lot out of those, but you got to remember that it, it, was also fr- yeah. it was also the first time that we're seeing Kojima and Nagata and Nakanishi as well which are guys that I know yeah well from from now yeah. so it was it was fun to see those guys it was the first time we'd seen great kabuki since all the way in episode one yeah, yeah. so but this
1: is a card that like I would have yeah I would easily uh easily pay top dollar absolutely. you know what I mean like yeah this is a show that I would have left and been like well, Good luck topping that anytime soon. Like for live, for me, like attending live events.
0: Well, how about disappointing? Shane, you want to give us your Brutus take again? Um, I mean, that's <laughs> like what else is
1: there really? Yeah, I mean, there's there's not really a, anything to be upset I mean, about the the fact that the knockout was a little too long.
0: Knockout was a little too long. I
1: think it took a little. It sucked a little bit of air t- out of it. Tiger mask slipping off.
0: It, yeah, it, it, See, honestly, killed...
2: I I keep forgetting that he slipped too until it gets brought up yeah. just because there's so well, much
0: I think, other shit. I that... don't actually think it's the slipping off; it's the they they didn't do, work they it. don't cover it. Yeah, yeah, and they just go right into what they were gonna do.
1: It's better than some uh, shows, the first NXT UK, uh, where they miss a spot like twice and then just go and do it a third time. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm like, guys. <laughs> Come on, this yeah. is not wrestling anymore. Just, <laughs> this is just like, yeah.
0: Keep it moving, guys. Yeah, this keep is not
1: like Jackie Chan take three. Like, we have got this is a wrestling show. <laughs> but.
0: Goto kicking out on Super Strong Machine, like, before. I, I appreciate him, f- him being him, him being stubborn and just being like I'm not I don't want to take this pin I it I thought
1: it was kind of awesome but like it's a dickhead thing but it's I was like I was like hell yeah this guy's an asshole <laughs> and I just kind of appreciate that energy I don't want to you know I'm not looking to hang out with him
0: and I'm actually gonna say I mean I mentioned it earlier Road Warrior Hawk just basically no selling the pile driver. Like I know Road Warrior Hawk no sells a lot of things. Yeah, but these guys are but a, pil- a pile driver should be one of uh, we've said yeah. it many times before. It yeah. should be one of the most devastating moves that there are and to just, just no sell it. Yeah. It just totally wipes out any
1: It's like know, if in the in
0: the match effect, we, yeah, it's like that, the that super, move it's
1: like the Superplex later in the show if one of the guys popped out we'd also complain about it. So just because you're a Road Warrior doesn't mean we can't It's yeah. also one thing if the other team is Smaller and it's not a pile driver, but these guys are like of equal size yeah. of as you, and, and basically everybody just kind of no sells and does big yeah. power moves. Uh, this if, is kind if, of like a hoss match. If Akira
0: nogami gives him a pile driver, then I'm like, okay, you can no sell that. Yeah. That's one thing. But it was was it Hercules? It was either Hercules or Norton. It doesn't matter Norton. who it was. They're both huge. yeah Like a pile driver from those guys, it, it's gonna hurt.
1: Yeah, so. but yeah, so some of the no selling in the in the. The super, quote unquote, super heavyweight tag match. Uh, like, but I think that was just there for two big guys for four big guys to throw each other around, and it served its purpose on the card, and it was a unique style of match on the show. But yeah, I can't, I cannot justify no selling pile drivers.
0: How about best performer of the night? It is. This is difficult, correct? Yeah. It's like, I'm going to give it to Hogan, because I think he just, like... Yeah, just, shocked, like... Shocked
1: just me. Default, because, like, everybody is so good that that one is,
0: like, oh, the that's, fresh that's, air. I mean, we're going to go ahead and say it's my s- most surprising thing, too. Cause yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to had...
2: save him for my most surprising. I think my best performer... Just because the match was awesome and the moment made me laugh during the middle of the match, but uh, Rick Steiner that thing is like to uh, <laughs> Well you know
1: that you know how much I love Rick Steiner and I really loved that Rick Steiner feels like he got to shine a little bit more than he has recently uh, in this match. So I had a big old smile and he looked like happy and cocky and like he was feeling it. So I big love for Rick and how how he played this match. It's like everybody knows Scott is outshined him at this point but my heart is still huge for rick
2: scott's got the you know athleticism or whatever i mean rick does too but rick has the personality scott's a freak didn't
1: like yes if rick's if yeah rick's a normal freak (laughs) like he's like a big strong guy but scott is just a like almost Lesnar style freak in some of the things that he does yeah yeah of course, eventually he gets a little too big to do them and whatnot. But, you know, we'll get there.
2: How about most surprising? Hogan. That's that's mine. That
1: I kind of assumed I Hogan, really liked Hogan and... was going to do well. But I was still, like, when I finally saw it, it was just kind of, like, slack Like, Like, I had a feeling that it was going to be... Yeah. Like, that he was going to show up and not just be... Hulkamania, yeah, I but mean, it was still like, riff, like, I don't know how to explain. I wasn't, I
0: wasn't really, I didn't know what to expect. I mean, I would always heard that his work in Japan was a lot better than his American work, but I was—it's so much completely, completely blown away. Yeah, exactly. It's because he's actually working. I mean, another surprise: Anoki lost. Yeah, yeah. On a New Japan, their biggest show, and I would say that lost.
1: was my biggest surprise, especially considering uh, the way the match was booked that like when he lost was like oh because like this show the top of this card is what wrestling is to me it's like this is what i want i don't need your in-ring segments i appreciate piper's pit but i don't necessarily need it but i might need piper's pit if you're gonna do the wrestling matches that those kind of things build to, yeah. uh, but here I don't need that. And if they if that was here, it would only take away. But this whole show builds from the bottom to the top. It just completely it just it's played out so well, and it builds to like a big. You know, each match becomes more important and more emotional as it goes on, all the way to the top. But Anoki's loss was. The most surprising, because he was such a dickhead. It's a New Japan show, essentially. And uh, he laid down for the guy that oversold his knockout. So, yeah. Watch this fucking... Watch this thing. Yes. Find this.
0: Making their way to the ring. It's trivia time. Ready for this? Never. (laughs) So this week, the category is Pay Per Feud. We're
2: back, and it's time to play the feud left-handed
0: So I will list the last five matches of a show, and you have to give me the name and year of that show. Points are based on when you make your guess, I'm starting at five points, going down with each match given. The first <laughs> match is The Heart Foundation, Versus Greg Valentine and Honky Tonk Man. Mm. Shane buzzes in.
2: Oh, the Heart Foundation. Oh, Greg yeah. the I Henry thought you had Valentine it. Valentine and the Honky Tonk Man. I Band. mean, I don't, but WrestleMania six.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's like oh bro, WrestleMania. We can all do the math. We know the first <laughs> one was in '85. <laughs> WrestleMania six is incorrect. Mm. Oh. Zero. Michael, would you like to take a guess, or would you like another match? Oh, he said a year off. <laughs> I might be wrong, though. It can't Are be you, can, those, you
2: can't be that far off. It could be one of those tricky Saturday Night's main events again.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go five. It's w, w, going WrestleMania five?
0: Yeah. And that is correct. Ah, I knew it wasn't,
1: I knew it wasn't, because... After, like, seven, Honky Tong Man is, like, basically out of there. So, uh, and they only did that once. I knew it was, if it was WrestleMania, it was earlier. So, thank you, Shane. I needed the points. Hey, You're good. still very far ahead. <laughs> I,
0: so I match- need it. I really do. The other matches I would have given you would have been Rick Rude versus the Ultimate Warrior for the WWF Intercontinental Championship.
1: Uh, you know who I miss? Rick Rude. I feel like it's been a while. We just saw him, like...
0: Two weeks, so yeah, really, something like that. Emotionally, it feels ago. like it was a while ago. Bad she news Brown versus hacksaw Jim Duggan. The Red Rooster versus Bobby Heenan. And <laughs> I do not remember Red Rooster versus. Well, Bobby. It was Red
2: Rooster versus Brooklyn Brawler, and if Red Rooster won, then he got Heenan, right? Or did they
0: actually mm-hmm. wrestle? No. They Basically, it was like a. One minute match because like Heenan, I, yeah. I think Heenan
1: had like the uh, the Andre yeah. Uh, singlet, on. yeah. I do
0: remember that, I just don't yeah. remember it being Terry Taylor. <laughs> of course, the main event of that show would have been Hulk Hogan versus Randy Savage for the WWF Heavyweight Championship. them
1: exploding mega powers
0: <sighs> that is that
1: this is the mega powers. They bring, they bring, it brings me tears how well that was done. I'm kicking myself it. now because I know this. Yeah. Bolsheviks or who
2: the Hart Foundation fought in WrestleMania six. Come on, Shane.
0: So the scores as as of now, Shane with 47 points. Michael is up to 31. Oh. Ooh. Cut into that lead a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. You're only a teenager away now. <laughs> oh, man. Next week... Royal Rumble 1994. That's Rumble. Coming from Providence, Rhode Island.
2: Have you been to Rhode Island before?
0: I don't think so. I know, know I
2: hadn't. I wasn't for sure if there was one
1: before I came along. If There has been. It's only been once before. Uh, so I know it's the smallest state. I know Providence is the capital. Family Guy, Rhode Island, right? Maybe. I, think I don't so? know. I know their town is Cohog. Cohog, Quahog. Quahog,
0: Rhode Island. Yeah. Okay. Music from this week's show is The Score by Emerson Lake and Powell, and Pre-Palmer Post-Palmer, Post-Palmer. I knew it was post-Palmer And Jinichiro Tenru won the main event So we play his song Thunderstorm by Masayoshi Takanaki. If you like this episode or any of our other ones please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play or wherever you find your podcasts at and you can always email us any questions, comments, concerns,
2: recipes. Recipes. We're going to Rhode Island. And, yeah, you know, go ahead and throw
0: out some Georgias and Philadelphias and stuff, too. <laughs> yeah, we're going to need them. We're going to be back. Absolutely. And you can do that at WrestlingHistoryX at gmail.com. Or you can also find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. X. We'll talk to you next week.
2: LATER!